Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Can I Steal You For A Second? I'm Ashley Young and I'm here as always with Shay Corrigan. And we originally planned this episode to discuss the latest chapter in Bachelor Nation, which is the recap series, the Bachelor Greatest Seasons Ever. But before we talk about that, I think that there are things going on in our country, in our world, um, that tie into Bachelor Nation as well that are more pressing. And we want to kick off this episode discussing, um, you know, Shay, let's just dive right into it. Uh, There's no secrets here. I'm not breaking news that (laughs) diversity in Bachelor Nation has been an ongoing issue and conversation with very little change over the years. And as we've watched the nation um, protests unfold across the country, I know my social media feeds have been flooded with posts discussing, you know, places where we need to see more diversity and we need to see change. And in comes Bachelor Nation with a petition. And we've seen a lot of Bachelor Nation uh, members post this campaign for anti-racism in the Bachelor franchise. You can find it on change.org. So you know it's legit. And at the time we're recording this podcast, it has 47,000 signatures and the goal is 50. So it's just shy of the goal. And essentially what this uh, campaign is calling for, it's acknowledging the fact that in 40 seasons, 18 years, we have only seen one black lead on The Bachelor. Uh, Before I ramble any further, Shay, when you saw this petition come to life, what were your initial reactions? My first reaction was uh, surprise and delight, which are, you know, strange emotions to be feeling right now. I honestly didn't see, maybe it was just because Bachelor was so, so far out of my mind these last couple of weeks. I didn't, I didn't expect Bachelor Nation to be in the conversation at all. Um, And I was... I was glad. I mean, I am. A, I feel a couple of ways about sort of petitions and their efficacy, but like, it is not. It is a, if nothing more than a gesture. It's still a gesture, and it's still something that's being sort of spoken up where it hasn't before. So I was glad to see sort of as all these sort of cultural institutions, cultural and professional institutions, are doing sort of these deep and long, long overdue sort of soul searching that Bachelor Nation would take it upon themselves um, to to sort of push that and call for it um, and their sort of objective fandom as well. My second then sort of follow-up thing um, is I, I try to be good about seeing who's behind petitions and who's behind movements and things like that. Um, and from what I could tell or from what was sort of credited in a glamour story about them, this petition was formed by a group called Bachelor Diversity Campaign, um, which was started by, according to Glamour, a group of diverse fans on Brett Vergara's Bachelor Buds Facebook group and launched on Instagram with the help of Vergara, who has, if you're not following him on Twitter and Instagram, you should. He's hilarious. He's like a, a must follow Bachelor Nation. So like that was sort of a massive signal boost there. Beyond that, uh, their website and other stuff doesn't really tell me much about who's leading the campaign. And sort of we we talked about this um, a little bit. And once we sort of dive into the petition, I think we can explore it more as well. Um, But one of the things they're calling for um, is to hopefully sort of get in the room with ABC and Warner Bros., 
And again, I hope that whoever is behind it at that time, that they're definitely, that they're putting those um, black voices in the room with them. So it's not something that is just sort of being led by uh, white people. Um, but so I don't know, I feel like I got off a negative foot where generally my feelings were like super, super positive and then like a little, a little uh, uh, caution, not cynicism, caution, which I guess is sort of my brand on this podcast. But no, I think that your caution comes from a place of recognizing that, you know, like the petition says, we have had 40 seasons of the show and it takes, you know, all of this public demonstration to get a petition, you know, recognized by most of Bachelor Nation. And so th I think there is a small part of everyone that is like, hey, does this come from a, a place? It's, there's always an element that feels performative or it feels like the timing is questionable. But I agree with the sentiment that, you know, we are seeing change unfold in media organizations I feel like every day there's a new feed or tweet on my feed, so-and-so resigned or people coming forward with really unsettling instances of their workplace culture. And, you know, if there's a time to shake things up and Bachelor Nation is ready to move forward and have this conversation, now's the time to do it. And echoing kind of what you said, you know, about what exactly it's asking for. It's not asking for just a black bachelor. Like, hey, let's even the playing field with another black lead because it's a lot deeper than that. You know, to really institute change, you need to have people of color who are in, like you said, the boardroom making decisions, producers that can speak to instances and experiences that if you look around the room and your cast is white and your producers are white and the people signing the checks are white, who is really going to understand why this is like, what is going on? So there's a lot in this petition that makes demands where it's not just a lead. It's the contestants need to have a more diverse representation. The producers, the people calling the shots and behind the scenes, essentially everything from the top down to the casting needs to, it, it's, it's so whitewashed. And again, that is no secret and it is no secret that it's something we've uh, been frustrated with I, as consumers. I hear beeping. Did I we lose Shay? Was disconnected for a hot second. Um, That's okay. She's back. You know, such I'm again. Back. In we're we're still quarantining. We're still skyping, and we're we're trying to give you know an element, an honest conversation to some really serious. Um, discussions that need to happen in Bachelor Nation. Yeah, and I, I think um, one of one of the points that I really liked about, and I will say, I know I sort of came off uh, negative to me with, but I really do. I like the petition because it's it's thoughtfully uh, written out. It's it's seems sort of like they did their homework, which is nice. Um, and actually, I'm just going to pause for a second and, you know, hopefully without my internet cutting out, I'm just going to read their, um, their list of demands. Cause I, if our listeners haven't seen it yet, um, I think that's sort of a nice thing for them to sort of get, um, on the table. So they have 13, um, things that they are, take the, I will just read it cause their words are better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. ABC and Warner Bros. have been producing Bachelor content for 18 years. During that time, they've cast 40 season leads, yet only one black lead. This is unacceptable. 
As creators of one of the most popular and influential franchises on television, ABC and Warner Bros. have an opportunity and responsibility to feature Black, Indigenous, people of color, B-I-B-O-C, relationships, families, and storylines. The franchise and all those who represent it should reflect and honor the racial diversity of our country, both in front of and behind the camera. With this petition, Bachelor Nation calls on ABC and Warner Bros. to take the following actions. One, cast a Black Bachelor as season 25 lead. Two, cast BIPOC for at least 35% of contestants each season hereafter. Three, give equitable screen time to BIPOC contestants. Four, actively support BIPOC cast, including providing mental health resources specifically geared to helping them navigate the Bachelor franchise experience as BIPOC. Five, equitably compensate and hire more BIPOC employees in all parts of production, casting, and filming. Six, publicly pledge to vet contestants more thoroughly to ensure those who have promoted prejudice, for example, ableism, racism, sexism, white white supremacy, religious intolerance, homophobia, and transphobia are not cast. Seven, hire BIPOC diversity consultant to be involved in all parts of production, casting, and filming. Eight, condemn racist abuse directed towards BIPOC contestants and announce a zero-tolerance policy towards racism on air. Nine, commit to providing resources to help viewers learn more about BIPOC stories and organizations supporting BIPOC causes. Ten, feature BIPOC contestants, including their experiences as BIPOC on the show as storylines. 11, ensure that indigenous cultures are not exploited and their portrayal does not perpetuate harmful stereotypes. 12, pledge to donate to a cause that will combat racism. 13, issue a public statement apologizing for enabling systemic racism within the franchise and offering a clear plan for demonstrable anti-racism efforts moving forward. Um, so those are the, de- those are the asks, the demands. Um, but I think to your point, the one that really stood out at me um, was publicly pledging to vet contestants more thoroughly. Because um, I think the last couple seasons of The Bachelor, you've seen them really sort of, I don't want to say have their cake and eat it too, but they they hire, they've, or they've been casting better. Their diversity efforts have gotten better. But with the same token for every, you know, Black contestant, they're casting they're also casting a racist and they're looking for that drama there and it's it just seems it's i mean it's horribly exploitive and it's it's i don't know it's it's awful and i think the fact that both the pledge and sort of the general ask to recognize that you need to be doing this and you need to be sort of improving your representation but you need to be doing it in healthy and non-exploitative ways is so, so essential. Um, and I think, again, you see it with the sort of hiring of, sort of producers and consultants, where it's like, you can't, this isn't just a surface level fix where you, when you see the cast, it's you know, more diverse. It has to be you know, down to the roots. For sure. And there's a, there's a lot that needs to be fixed. And I think, um, as you read out, a lot of the demands, they're clear, they're to the point. And they're easy fixed. To me, a lot of those demands are choices that can be made. You know, no one is asking for incredibly difficult demands. It's a matter of making better choices. 
So, you know, on their website, if you go to batchdiversity.com, they have a little bit about who they are in addition to linking to the campaign and their social media channels. But essentially, I think the last paragraph in there about me sums it up. And they said that, you know, demonstrations are important, but commitment to anti-racism needs to manifest in our everyday pursuits and familiar spaces. And if you've fallen down a Reddit rabbit hole, um, there's a lot of people who say, you know, I feel guilty uh, watching or supporting a show that isn't committed to the conversations that are happening right now. And I think this is a moment, a very telling moment for the series in what they want to do moving forward. Um, and before we talk about, I guess, the newest episode, I want to chat a little bit about Rachel Lindsay um, because she came out and penned a really you know me, I love direct, I love concise. She also listed some examples. She pulled the receipts of experiences that held the franchise accountable in times where they painted her in a negative light because she is a black woman. And she also listed her demands in her letter. Um, she has a column called Honestly, Rach. It's awesome. You should read it. And on June 8th, she put one out. And I don't need to read the whole thing to you. I genuinely encourage you to go read it yourself. Um, but there's a few things I want to point out and kind of break down with you, Shay. And the first is that she comes out and says that being a part of Bachelor Nation was a great, a positive experience for most of it. And that she had never watched the show before she was on it. But when she, they asked her to be the Bachelorette, she said, quote, I knew that I wanted to be a trailblazer in the franchise to diversify this lead role and the contestants and the audience. Well, I am sad to say that almost after four years, we still don't have that diversity that this show needs and that our audience deserves. And that struck a chord with me because to me, that sentiment is her expressing that she felt a commitment and an obligation and like a sense of pride in being a trailblazer and encouraging some change. And in a way it didn't happen. Like she put herself on a national platform to try and diversify bachelor, you know, casting moving forward. And it was it. It's like the bachelor producers kind of checked a box. Okay. We've had our, our black lead and, you know, back to our regularly scheduled programming. And the, she also goes on to say, direct quote her words, the sad reality is that people of color become placeholders as the token person of color to add some flavor to the second half of the season. And, you know, these are very powerful words from her speaking from experience. We can sit here and talk about Bachelor Nation till we're blue in the face, but you and I have never been in that mansion. Um, you know, what? Without, I guess, you know, well, speaking for her, how does that, yeah, when you read that, Shay, how does that make you feel as a, as a consumer of the show? Well, <laughs> a couple of things. First, I want to sort of acknowledge, I mean, if you, if you don't follow us or know who we are, we've no, never been in that mansion and we're also both white. So we've never been experienced. We've never experienced uh, racism in America. So both of this sort of on both sides is us sort of trying to learn and read and honestly, you know, take our cues from Rachel Lindsay, who has experienced all of that. And it's, there's sort of, I don't think either of us are ever going to sort of um, second guess what 
she would be saying or anyone else would be saying um, for that matter, which is an awkwardly sort of stumbly way to say that. But to uh, answer your question, I mean, I, I was thinking while you were talking that we've had viewers had the past couple of years, I feel like this very intense, um, I don't want to use overuse the word reckoning, but like self eval of like watching the bachelor as a feminist or like whether you can like be a feminist and watch the bachelor or like whatever it is like that has been a very sort of trendy conversation sort of topic. And I think, um, you know, I guess perhaps it is also reflective of sort of the the faults and flaws of uh, white feminism specifically that like we haven't, we did not pair that culturally with a sort of evaluation of what does it mean to sort of give the show a pass um, when it comes to matters of racial representation as well. Um, so I, I don't know, I, Rachel, <laughs> The Bachelor does not deserve Rachel. She's so much better <laughs> and more eloquent um, than the institution deserves. Um, but yeah, and I also, I those are sort of just a whole bunch of random thoughts. But I do want to, um, since I read out all of the petitions, I want to read uh, Rachel's four changes that she would suggest as well. Just sort of, <laughs> again, the way I sort of started this in the interest of making sure that... Um, the voices of black women are being heard, especially over those of uh, white people. Um, so her four points, and there's a lot of overlap with the petition, are cast leads that are truly interested in dating outside of their race. Stop making excuses for the lack of diversity and take action to rectify the problem. Diversify the producers on the show to make your contestants of color feel more comfortable. And four, stop creating problematic storylines for people of color. Which I think, you know, like I said, there's overlap there, but also those seem very specific to someone who um, has been inside the mansion. Yeah, she, I think she's had to do a lot of um, interviews that speak to issues that, you know, we're never going to ask uh, Pete about. And it, it, I just, you know, I feel like she sits here, you say Bachelor Nation doesn't deserve her. It's because in addition to being intelligent and beautiful and just like a joy to watch on my television screen, she's one of those people where, you know, she has these honest conversations and I really appreciate her integrity as a woman and her honesty. And in this piece, she writes, you know, uh, also feeling it's, it's difficult. You don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. And I think it's very brave, whether it's Rachel or other people who have openly discussed their negative experiences in their workplace um, or in their everyday lives in the past few weeks. And I hope that in sharing their experiences, change does happen. You know, her suggestions, similar to the petition, they're not difficult demands. I, I don't understand. It's a choice. If you, when you cast people, we've talked to casting directors you know, you, you, you meet these people and you make a choice in who you want in your show and who Bachelor Nation is casting, who these producers are welcoming into their sets. It's a choice. And I think change is important and it's necessary. And if they don't come out and listen to some of these demands and understand the severity of their choices, there is a part of me that feels bothered by giving them my time, giving them my energy, 
because there are so many more important stories for me to to watch every week to consume and i'm just i'm tired of this series thinking that it can get away with a very whitewashed display of entertainment and and i, I don't know she, oh, go ahead <laughs> I too that like especially with the casting and i feel like an excuse either fans or um, sort of the show itself is used is that like, Oh, well, like, you know, we cast them, like it's not our fault if they don't go far. And like, that is frankly bullshit. Like <laughs> from everything we've heard, like they, like we are bachelor producer manipulation is one of our favorite talking points. Like they do have control over things like how much time someone has with the lead or you know what sort of dates they're going on or you know things like leaving champagne lying around like the way and I and again I think both Lindsay's post and um the petition petition like speak to this but it's like it's they we all know the producers are crafting the storylines like yes casting is an element of that but you sort of set people up for certain things and you like give people certain roles. And so, I don't know. I think it's, it's naive and dumb to think that like, Oh, well we can cast them, but then it's out of our hands. It's absolutely not from sort of the casting to the editing, the bachelor producers, the bachelor of the show needs to do better by its contestants of color and its leads. <sighs> It seems like just just fix it. I am pissed off. I'm frustrated. And like you said, we are, are two white women trying to do some of these conversations justice and and learn and grow from them. And, you know, I, I signed the petition. I hope that it elicits a conversation and some change and because it's well past due. And I think that's personally something that I'm frustrated with is this is 18 years is a long time for something to be on my television screen and not better itself over almost two decades. Like what, wh why, why, why are you making the choice to kind of live rooted in your issues? And I know the answer. I know it's, they're going to tell me the audience or whatever, but it, it doesn't sit well with me. And I hope that this is just the tipping point for some change that we need to see. Um, I could talk in circles about this. I do want to talk a little bit about Sean Lowe and his bachelor greatest seasons ever. Yeah. Um, but before we go into that, just one closing note is Rachel did call out the NFL, which came forward last week. If you're not a sports person, um, basically the NFL came out and released a statement after their players essentially pressured them into releasing a statement calling them out saying the organization needs to own up to their mistakes and how they've mishandled issues of race in the past. And the NFL is valued at tens of billions of dollars. It is, it's like $90 billion is how much the NFL is valued at. And she says, if the NFL can step up and like release a statement, I think bachelor nation can like follow suit. So, you know, put your money where your mouth is bachelor producers. And I'm, Patiently waiting is a lie. I am eagerly, like anxiously waiting for something, some kind of answer to these demands because I think they're reasonable and I think they are well past due. So we take a breath. Um, 
like I said, these are very important conversations to have. And Shay, I appreciate you uh, having them with me and kind of navigating some of these, um, you know, what, what we see on our feeds and our TV screens. So thank you. And, you know, let's talk about Sean Lowe. There's no easy transition into that. Um, because there was part of me last night as I tuned in to watch this three hour recap of a bachelor season. I'll be honest. I felt a little disinterested or I felt like it was three hours that I should have been watching the news or reading things online. I've just been so consumed with how I can be influential in what's going on in the world and watching Sean's season, I just found myself being, to use your word, a cynic. And I'm not asking you to talk me off the ledge here, but I go to you as a voice of reason often. And I, I felt a little just out of touch with what was going on in this recap. It felt insignificant is maybe the word I'm trying to find. I don't know. Um, but it, it wasn't the same bachelor viewing experience that we're used to on Monday night where I I sit down and I eat my ice cream and I live tweet. It just, it felt wrong last night. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. And I agree. Like there, it, it felt wrong. And the reason, or yeah, it felt wrong. And the reason it felt that way was not only because of everything that's going on in the world, but like the reason, it, the reason it couldn't be, be an escape or a, 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 a pause or whatever you want to, Sort of however you want to approach it, you know, we talked a lot about listen to your heart being this nice, weird, like reprieve of normalcy during um, the pandemic, which is still going on. Um, but I think the problem was that it was bad. Like it was a poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think the fact that as, as a sort of episode of television, there was a lot that wasn't working, it just made the context so much more glaringly obvious like it i don't know if, if it was good i think we'd still be having these conversations and i probably would still be in sort of the back of your mind like why am i watching this right now but it it would be less jarring than sitting there where it was like i don't know it you felt every minute of those three hours there was far too much chris harrison it was oddly structured like i i i was excited well Excited, so weird. I a couple weeks ago I was excited about this because I was like, yes, like a condensed three a whole season in three hours. Let's do this. But it wasn't that. It wasn't a season edited into like a very long movie. It it was like Chris Harrison shouting out moments, and then it would go to a montage, and then it would go back to Chris, and then it would go to the person in the moment where they are now skyping in from like their new family or whatever. So it was just all over the place. And I could see how if you are a longtime Bachelor fan and you do remember Sean's season and you really do just want to see like the highlights or whatever in that kind of highlight slash reunion show forum, like maybe it did work for you. But it was like, I was here for the spark notes versions of seasons I haven't seen. And I had no real sense of the arc of Sean's season. I didn't even think they did a great job of selling Sean and Catherine's relationship, which as far as I know, is sort of like one of the sort of realist success stories of bachelor nation, as far as like them being sort of very honest with like, 
the you know ups and downs of having a relationship that started on TV. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I was just I I I was bothered by um, multiple levels, and not least of which was because I just. It was that. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't watch, uh, we'll spare you the three hours. It was not great. Um, I agree with, you know, it, it's a little, I love Chris Harrison. I think he's a doll. He has my dream job, but it was a little too much FaceTime with Chris in his living room, perhaps. Um, he's like awkwardly at this like clunky wood table with like this very dated flat screen behind him. There's some wilted roses on the table. He has his book perched in the background. <laughs> he keeps referencing his poor 18 year old son who's working the camera, who we all know is probably like, dad, stop. <laughs> and it, you know, <sighs> I know that producing three hours of television is no easy feat, on a daily basis, a normal circumstance, and in light of a pandemic, um, I'm sure it's incredibly difficult. But like you said, it was just awkwardly produced. I thought I was going to get the Spark Notes version. I was excited to maybe see some, you know, deleted scenes, or I love a good blooper reel. And it was just, it was like Chris Harrison, equal parts Chris's face, reading off a prompter kind of some recaps from the season and then these Skype interviews with contestants from that season. So I, I'm with you that it, it just felt perhaps we were, we thought it was going to be one thing and it didn't le live up to it, but it was just boring. Like three hours is a long time and it did not warrant, like that's three hours of my life. I'll never get back. So, you know, uh, some highlights for me, uh, in true bachelor production style, like Lindsay and Sean, they went, they showed their date where they went to break the world record for the longest on-screen kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and first of all, that's just like an awkward date in general. Cause the record was three minutes and change. And yeah. they showed us the, and they had this kiss like on a stage in public, like in front of a crowd of cheer people cheering on. And I was like, oh, okay, weird date, whatever. This is the Spark Notes version. We had to sit there and watch them. Like, I don't know if it was the weirdest kiss. And they just were paralyzed in front of this crowd. And we watched all three minutes and whatever of them kissing. And I was like, this is not what I signed up for, Chris Harrison. Like, why was this a necessary three minutes of my time? So early on in the episode, I was like rubbed the wrong way with, kind of where they were investing their time with telling Sean's story. Because like you said, I do think that they are a very charming couple. They're still together. They have beautiful children. And I love this, you know, this romance that has worked out for them. And watching these awkward dates in full length, I was like, this is it? Was the season that boring that there were no bloopers or anything exciting going on? So um, that was just like, I think the icing on the cake for me was that I had to watch that date go on in its entirety. Um, but you highlighted earlier, not to put words in your mouth, but tying it back, the idea of, you know, um, how this show, like, am I a good feminist for, you know, watching it for a plethora of reasons. But something that comes up a lot is this idea of like villainizing or vil what is the word? Villa making women out to be villains. <laughs> a, yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> putting them on the show, produ- producers kind of making them seem like these very evil, ill-intentioned individuals, which also opens the door to a lot of cyberbullying. And they spent a good chunk of last night's recap talking about Tierra because she was the villain of that season. But I felt kind of grimy watching them, you know, portray this this woman who has probably since gone on to live a very normal life and just do like a highlight reel of how awful she was. Did that, am I just sensitive or did that not sit right with you either? No, that was, that was weird. Like I, I also didn't, again, like to the production of it, like I didn't fully get why, hold on a second. Okay, no, um, I didn't fully get like what, how it was, was like, structured and done where like I didn't get why she was the villain. Like I know she's the villain and they showed bits and pieces of her like, I don't know, like, but also it seems so crazy to say, like, oh, pretending to fall downstairs, like, pretending to have a concussion, like, those aren't things you pretend. So it seemed like they were trying to sort of, you know, give her justice now, but also, um, I don't know, like, it, it was just all weirdly done. Um, yeah, I don't know, it was, it was, it was strange. It was strange like that. I just felt like that lasted longer than any other segment in the recap. And so long that it like had commercial breaks in the same segment. So it just felt kind of grimy. Um, I am the first to say I love living through other people's drama. So I do, you know, appreciate a nice like Real Housewives dinner brawl or some drama in the Bachelor Mansion. But watching it condensed and boiled down talking about something years later, it just, it felt a little weird to me. And like I said, maybe I'm just a sensitive being, but you know, the girl fell down the stairs um, and clunked her head pretty good. I did love, I'm sure back to the woman who, and I'm sorry that I don't remember her name, <laughs> did the Skype interview and it was the first time that she had talked to Chris Harrison or any from anyone from Bachelor Nation since the show. It was however many years. And I was like, I, I that's how you do it. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I'm, uh, it's been seven years since we've talked. And I'm like, that is kind of the dream. Like go have this weird, strange national television experience and then run far and fast, run and far and fast. They pay her to get her to do this. So like, it's been seven years. Now's the time. <laughs> she was probably like, yeah, okay, we'll do it. Right, um, my living room. It's fine. <laughs> The renovations in my home are complete. Like, yeah, I'll show it off now. Uh, So, yeah, we keep talking about how they had people um, from the show Skype in, but they also had someone not from Sean's season Skype in during all of this. And, of course, it's the the couple we can't seem to get rid of, can't seem to stop talking about. It was um, our good pal, Pilot Pete, and uh, I guess the love of his life, Kelly. Um, so take I, it away, Shay. Take it away. The fact that they were pretending like nobody knew who Peter's girlfriend was. Made Thank me, you. I Thank you. I was like, wait, did he and Kelly break up and there's a new woman? Because it was like, we're going to introduce you to Peter's new girlfriend. And I was like, I am so confused. 
Um, so that. And then uh, the big thing for me with them, you know, I'm, I'm happy with them. Good for them. I mean, you found each other eventually. But it really irks me that you, that they, especially Callie, it seemed like made such a big deal about how the producers kept her from Peter and prevented them from really sort of having the opportunity to sort of get to know each other and do whatever else. And like, again, (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is an actual story that she said, that getting locked in a closet or whatever it was. And then like, if you're gonna, if you're going to break from Bachelor Nation, break from Bachelor Nation. Don't, like, then, even if you get back together with Peter, like, the two of you, like, you have enough followers now, like, just do your own thing. And to, like, then come on this show and sort of make a whole spectacle of, like, unveiling who he's dating now, even though we all know who he's dating. It just felt like, eh, I don't know. I didn't love it. It didn't sit right with me. It was hokey. It wasn't. I couldn't buy into it. Like you said, um, we live in an age where everyone has access to, you know, Bachelor Nation, whether it's just paparazzi or what they're posting and sharing on their social media. So we're up to date. Pete and Kelly, we've seen you on TikTok. We've seen you on Instagram. We know what you're up to. Um, you know, I, I think having a sit down or an interview is an opportunity for people to be candid because, you know, these chats aren't as edited as the show itself. And for them to sit there, like you said, Chris Harrison teed up like, oh, where's where's the mystery woman? Uh, Chris, we know who it is. Like, just bring <laughs> Kelly in. And, you know, then Chris Harrison's like, oh, is your mom there too? And we see Barb come in and she does this weird, like, give me a K, give me an E, give me an L. And is hyping up Kelly made it very clear that she's thrilled. It's a dream come true. We get along so great. It's the daughter I always wanted. And Pete's sitting on the couch with Kelly on one side and Barb in the other, arms wrapped around them. Um, again, sometimes I think time away from people makes you grow fonder because it's a break from how annoying they are. And <laughs> seeing them on that couch, I was just like... <sighs> Yeah, still, still not buying it. Like, I loved Kelly. I was a Kelly favorite from the get-go. Um, but I think that season tainted any interest that I have in watching them on my screen anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah we, we wouldn't be. Um, also, again, I keep circling back. I said I'm going to let it go, and I can't, Shay. I'm sorry. Um, but I don't remember exactly how Chris Harrison teed it up, but it almost sounded like he was going to address what was going on in the world. Like he was kind of like, you know, and he teed it up and kind of made it more serious than it was. And then Peter showed up on my screen. So it's like, Oh, here it is. Like they're going to make a statement or anything. And it was Peter. So I was, um, the polite word I think is upset or annoyed. (laughs) The silver lining of all of this is that I feel confident and comfortable saying that um, you don't, you, the viewer, and you, Ashley, and me, 
like we don't, nobody needs to watch this greatest seasons ever show um period that's kind of that thought but then that also makes it incredibly easy for all of us to sort of try to put our sort of viewership where our mouths are with the petition and the diversity initiative two birds one stone you get three hours to do better and more productive and more helpful things with your life um and hopefully abc sees in the bottom line I love that. And I think that's a great sentiment to end this show on that, you know, it's easy to post things on your Instagram story. Um, It's easy to sign a petition, but it's what you do after those moments that count. It's putting your money where your mouth is. Can you walk the walk? And um, at the end of the day, ABC banks on those viewers. So um, save yourself three hours of awful television and don't watch this show. And let's see if ABC can, um, you know, do better. That's, it really comes down to that. Just do better. Um, the Instagram for this campaign, Shay, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it is at batch diversity. Um, so as of the time we're recording this podcast, it has 9,300 followers strong. Um, go follow it. See what they're doing. Learn more about it. Give the petition a sign if you feel compelled. Um, but I think as, as viewers, we have an obligation to want better from the shows we watch. So, uh, a link to the petition in the episode notes, which I think is a thing we can do. If not, we'll include it in tweets and all that and make sure we get it out there. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Uh, Shay, thanks for having this, this chat today. And, um, you know, I, we were all in on listen to your heart. We've done a 180, the, (laughs) the greatest ever was not a great choice of name the show sucked um (laughs) uh so don't we it wasn't i'm not a fan um i think there are more like you said to use your words or go better yourself for those three hours um but as always love talking bachelor nation uh thank you guys for listening to this episode of can i steal you for a second um And we encourage you to go like, listen, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter um, and, you know, continue to give us some feedback because we love having conversations and we hope to continue to discuss all of Bachelor Nation with you guys as we continue to try and be better. So we thank you and we'll tune in next week.